Well, good morning and welcome to church. It's so good to be here in the house this morning. If you don't know me, I'm Natalie. I'm one of the pastors here at Connect Church and campus pastor down at Connect Tower with my uh, lovely husband, Mason, who was here last week um, ministering. Uh, and we're also pastors here at Connect. Um, but it's so good to be here this morning. I love it here. This is my church and it's just great to be uh, in the house. I uh, just want to remind you, next Sunday is our last Sunday of 10 a.m. services, uh, and we'll be going back from the 11th of February uh, to 9 a.m. and 10.45 services, and it looks like we're probably needing that room too, so um, we keep putting extra chairs out every week, so that's great, uh, great to see. Uh, this year... Seems to be a year, I think already, I think in the last couple of weeks, we've celebrated some significant birthdays already in the house. Naomi, Kay last week. And I want to celebrate another one um, today. And I just want to say a huge happy birthday to Kathleen Gibson. I think she is down the back there. She turned 80 last week. A big happy birthday to you, Kathleen. We love you. We celebrate you. You're an amazing woman of God, and it's so great to have you uh, here this morning in the house. Happy birthday. She had a big celebration, I think, sometime this week with her family and friends. So, so good. All right, if you have your Bibles with you, um, you have your Bibles with you? It's church. <laughs> um, if you've got your Bibles with you or your phones, your devices, whatever, um, why don't you turn with me to Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. It's going to come on the screen anyway. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I like how the message version reads. Eugene Peterson, he writes it like this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with him, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I will give you rest. In this crazy, busy world, do we let that be possible, though? Do we have time so we can keep company with him? How are we going to start 2024? Are we going uh, to carry on living like we did in 2023? Are we going to pick up those bad habits of hurry and busyness? Or are we going to rest and walk in his unforced rhythms of grace in this new year? Over the past few years, um, a lot of people I know shared a book that they had read. And I thought, oh, I must take, uh, read this book. The, t the title of the book, it took my attention. 
It's not the Bible, and everyone should be reading that, but the title of my book, uh, title of, not my book, I haven't written the book yet, the title of the book uh, was The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. I started reading it and thought, wow, this is so good. And then guess what? The ironic thing was, uh, my life got so busy, I got caught up in hurry and busyness and only read half the book and put it down. <laughs> Ooh, not good. Obviously, I was needing to read this and learn a thing or two. But a few months ago, I picked it back up and I started reading it again. And it really resonated with me more than ever. I love what John Mark Homer says. He says, hurry kills all that we hold dear. Spirituality, health, marriage, family, thoughtful work, creativity, generosity, name your value. Hurry is a sociopathic predator. I like that. Hurry is a sociopathic predator, loose in our society. Whoa. So today I want to share about what I learned from this book, and I want to look at ways that can help us as people eliminate hurry from our life so that we can find rest in Jesus, so that we can focus on him, and that we can put him first. Some of us live with a hustle mentality. No one here though, right? <laughs> from jam-packed schedules, workaholism, addictions to our phones. A lot of our lives are filled every moment of the day. Even when we find time to rest, our go-to form of relaxation consists of scrolling on your phone, no, binging television shows, replying to the millions of notifications on our phones, or maybe you have another way to relax, but it still keeps you busy. So how does living a busy lifestyle impact our ability to commune with and to be content in Christ? It's our great enemy. For many of us, being busy is normal, and I know that's true for me. We've got work, family, friends, even hobbies we like to do. But when we become so busy with all of this stuff, we can fall into the trap of spending less time with God. Some people, no one in this service, are so busy they can't even make it to church on Sunday. <laughs> Busyness affects our spiritual lives and our relationship with him will start to deteriorate. Why? Because we are not being intentional with our time with him. There are two types of busyness, unhealthy and healthy. Healthy busyness is when we have a lot to do but not too much. The unhealthy type of busyness is when there's too much to do and not enough time to do it. I hear people say that a lot. I mean, I'm guilty of saying that. I've got so much to do, so little time. Unhealthy busyness can negatively affect our mental health, causing increased irritability, hypersensitivity, and stress. I relate to this, as I said, all a bit too well. And I'm preaching to myself here this morning. I'm still learning too. <clears throat> Philosopher Dallas Willard once said, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. 
you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So today I'm going to share four practices that could help us on our journey to living, to stop living a hurried life. My point one, silence in solitude. Practicing silence in solitude, especially when we are busy, is essential to experiencing a healthy spiritual life. And Jesus teaches us how to do this. In Mark 1, 29 to 37, it reads, Jesus heals many. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her. He took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. So Jesus is busy here. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Then it goes on to say in verse 35, Jesus prays in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. The scripture describes a busy day in Jesus' life. He was slammed with the demands on his time, working all day. But the very next morning when he took himself away to a quiet place, his disciples found him and they wanted to add more to his plate. It seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? But the more in demand Jesus was, the more he withdrew in prayer. Jesus teaches us here, to find a quiet place away from the busyness and pray. Solitude is finding that place where you can be alone with yourself and with God. Seeking him, worshipping him, maybe you like to journal to him and listening to him. <clears throat> there are two, type, two kinds of silence. There's internal and external External silence, I think we would all understand that. That's the absence of sounds. So no music in the room, uh, no TVs in the background, no external noises going on. Internal silence is being able to quiet the thoughts, the worries, and the questions rolling around in our minds. Internal silence can be difficult to find when our hearts and our minds feel troubled. Even in short prayers, I know if I don't try and silence my mind, it can be difficult to remain focused on God without thinking about the errands that I need to be run and the emails that need our attention or all the other things that the kids are needing to do. It's so important to silence our minds and focus on him. Sitting in silence, seeking him, allows us to spend time in God's presence and listen his whispers. Our relationship with God flourishes with quality time, just like our relationship does with our friends and our family. So where can we find that silence in the solitude out of our hurried lives? 
Maybe for you it's the early mornings, like Jesus. I know for me it is. I live in a busy house, and it's taking that time. Even this morning, it was just so peaceful until 7 o'clock, and then you hear the sound of a child. (laughs) But it is. It's taking that time in the morning where it is quiet, where you can focus on him. Maybe it's an early morning beach walk or a bush walk, spending time in prayer. Maybe it's sitting outside on the deck, reading the word or journaling. Maybe it's worshipping and praying in the car on the way to work. Maybe it's in your bedroom. Maybe you're a busy parent and when, it's, um, when you have dropped the kids to kindy and school and you have that five-minute breather after drop-off, at home, maybe that's your time to have that silence and solitude with Jesus. We all have places where we can find that silence and that solitude. We just need to make it our daily priority. And if you don't already do this, where could you find that place this week? Number one, silence and solitude. Number two, Sabbath. Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word to stop. It's a day dedicated to ceasing all activity, all worry, all anxiety about what comes next, and to simply rest. Honour the Sabbath. It's in the Ten Commandments. The fourth one, Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. For many people, taking a day of rest means running errands, working on personal projects, or possibly even working more on the house or in the garden. You know, unfortunately, our culture tells us that staying busy is much better than doing nothing, and it makes us feel guilty for resting. I definitely know I do feel guilty sometimes for resting. But there are four definitions to Sabbath, to stop to rest, to delight, and to worship. The Sabbath, it's important because it removes the distractions and it means we slow down and it gives us a day to experience the beauty of life. Finding the time to observe the Sabbath is important. It should be a normal part of our lifestyle and keeping the Sabbath is a good idea. God wants us to rest after a long week of work and to trust him with all of our time. Integrating the Sabbath as a normal part of our week, it might be difficult, especially if we're not used to the regular rest. Start slow. Choose the day that is best. Maybe Sunday, maybe today is your Sabbath. Come to church, lunch with friends or family after church, the afternoon sleep, or today you go into the pools and have that great time. Maybe Sunday doesn't work for you. Maybe Saturday would be a better day, and that's great. But find that day where you can fully rest. Take time to smell the flowers. Spend quality time with your family and your friends, and rest in him, in Jesus. Silence and solitude. Sabbath. And my point number three is simplicity. I think this is my favorite point. 
<laughs> I love the thought of a simple life. <clears throat> and I read this insane fact. Um, get this. In America, the average amount of household items in one house is 300,000 items. So I just did a quick calculation and I calculated with the number of people in this room, calculated that by times 300,000, that would be 75 million items we all own in this room. Now that is, that is just ridiculous. For starters, what I want to know, who even sits down and counts? How many items are in their house? And the thing is too, it's an average. So it means it wasn't just one person that counted it. It's like lots of people counted it, put it in, and it's 300,000. Although it did make me start thinking, though, of my own house. Now, if you know me, I like to live pretty simply, minimalistic. Uh, and I would not think that we have 300,000 items in our house, but it would be getting up there. Once I start, started thinking, I was like, wow, it really is getting up there. Where has simple living gone? Maybe we all need to live like Pastor uh, Ian and Helen in a tiny home. That would be a great idea, and you're probably on the other end of the not having much in your house, but that's an awesome way to live. Um, why do we need so much in our houses? Why do we need to clutter our lives with stuff? For me and my brain uh, to function, too much stuff in our house makes me feel busy. Don't worry, when I come to your houses, I don't think that at all. But in my house, I just, I honestly, for me to function well, it just needs to be simple. Um, not too simple that we don't have a house, but you know, just simple. Um, but I'm probably a little extreme sometimes in that. <laughs> the Bible says it like this, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Well, they've got 300,000 items they could steal, so. <laughs> but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do no, not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, things aren't evil, don't get me wrong, but our society is designed to value accumulation. We need, well, we feel we need more or at least need the newer, the bigger, the better version of what we have. Whether it's the next phone upgrade, the newest pair of shoes, bigger TV, a new car, you know, our drive-through accumulation seems ever-present. And we are constantly seeing adverts for products that makes it feel like we need them. We need them now. But we don't. Don't get sucked into that. The things we chase, they might not be bad, but when our desires go unchecked, our hearts will be consumed by the hunt for more. And that keeps us busy. More clothes more to wash, more items around the house, more to clean. So I don't have to clean much at home. More shoes, more time making a choice which pair to wear. More stuff equals being busy more, 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 more. What could simplicity look like for us? 
you know, I can't answer for all of you. But could it be limiting the number of possessions we have? And ladies, I have a deal for you. If you clear out your wardrobe, you can bring them to Sari Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah, have that clean out, and then you can buy some more later on. <laughs> Sorry, then come to Sari Saturday and buy more, just not as much. <laughs> but no, seriously, if you are having a clean out, do bring your clothes along to church all year round. We do collect for Sari Saturday. Um, for women's clothing and children's clothing, and we would love your donations because every dollar that is made for Surrey Saturday or made at Surrey Saturday goes to help the um, beautiful children's home that we support in India. Going back to, could it be limiting the number of possessions? Could it be limiting our expenses or limiting our activities to a level where we are free to live joyfully not rushed in the kingdom for Jesus. If we want to find simplicity in Jesus, that would look like intentionally arranging our life around him, not arranging God around everything in our life. Living simply can bring us rest and rest in him. What could you simplify in your life? And I will leave that there. Silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and number four, slowing. Physically slowing down trains our souls to resist hurry. It increases, and it increases our capacity to be present with God and to be present with others. Now hear my heart here. And I love you all. But can I just say, there is one time that you cannot go slow. And that's making it to church on time. <laughs> Give yourself margin. Come early. Come with passion and expectancy. And ready to worship our King. Next week, church starts at 10 o'clock. Come at 10 to 10. The following weeks, it starts at 9 a.m., 10.45. Come 10 minutes early and be in the house. I love it how the kids are always up here. They're all ready to go. Make sure you're coming expectant and excited for church, not coming slowly. That's the one time you can't go slow. In general, we all move at a fast pace. And if we can, life, oh, if we can. Life is busy and it's rare that we don't have some place that we need to be. And let's face it, we've all experienced frustration when having to wait for something we want. We live in a world it is just instant, instant, instant. We want it now, now, now. That's what, this is what social media has done. It's what the internet has done. Marketing, everything. It's just like, we want it now. We can go get it in the shops. We can, well, if we have the money. Um, but, you know, we live in that instant world. And I think we start to get, and we all experience frustration when having to wait for something we want. One of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. But, you know, if we're waiting for something, you know, whether it's our food, we might get frustrated waiting in lines or waiting at the restaurant, long lines at the supermarket. Maybe we could even look at when we're waiting, see what God's wanting to do. Maybe the next time we don't get frustrated when we're doing that. And maybe God might actually be wanting you to speak to someone in that line, to share the gospel, to pay for someone's groceries, 
to bless someone. Instead of getting frustrated, seek God and see what he's, want, he's wanting to do. Yeah. Sometimes we get put on hold with customer service. We take hours. But somewhere along the line, we've just lost the art of being patient. And so we go fast. We keep busy. But when we look at the life of Jesus, we find that he was not in a rush. He didn't get frustrated with waiting. And no matter where he was, he was totally present. Now that's a challenge for us all today, I think, being totally present. Wherever we are. To be more like Jesus, we need to slow down. Imagine all the different things we would see if we did slow down. A few ways that we can slow down are, and I guess the most obvious is, to walk, not run. <laughs> when I'm out shopping, I don't run, but I do um, walk kind of fast. I'm on mission. I know what I want. I need to get it. I will go boom, boom, boom. That's what I want to do. But over the holidays, when I've been out shopping with our girls, and suddenly... We've got two girls, a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old, and suddenly they really like shopping. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But I have learned with them over the holidays when we've been out at different malls and stuff to actually slow down and to actually see and enjoy the things that they enjoy too, but to not rush around, to not make it. Oh, sometimes actually all that's within me is just like, hurry up. Come on, I'm just like, what am I even rushing for? Like, there's, there's no rush. I'm getting to spend this quality time um, with my girls. But actually, it's really good when I slowed down. I didn't have that rush feeling inside. I personally, I need to learn to give margin where I can. I actually read this, uh, saw it on social media this week. And... No, I'm not going to be able to say it. It was about margin. It was, oh, that's right. It said, you know, people will say, oh, I need margin in my life. I need to, you know, have more margin here. This is why I can't do that because I don't have the margin. But actually sometimes it's just the priorities that you have in your life. What is actually a priority to you? And sometimes we don't let church or God be that priority. I think we need to refocus ourselves and look what is important. We can also slow down by limiting our screen time Oop. On, on our phones or computers or our TVs uh, or even have a day that we don't go on them. Mm, I don't know. That's very silent in here. <laughs> Everyone's like, no. Um, but now that is a challenge though. Maybe that's on your Sabbath day. Maybe that's the day when you take the Sabbath and you also don't go on your phones. You put it down. Take time to tune into God instead when you're not on your phone. I like this and I think we've all heard it before. Face his book, not Facebook. Amen. Now this is a good one to help us slow down. I think a lot of mums are this. Single task. This quote really got me, and I'm so guilty. Walter uh, Brueggemann said this. Multitasking is the drive to be more than we are. 
to control more than we do, to extend our power and our effectiveness. Such practice yields a divided self with full attention given to nothing. Mm. Slow down. Get to know new people. You know, and a good place for this is at church on a Sunday. Don't rush out of here on a Sunday. Take time to get to know people. We're one big family here at Connect Church. Take time to get to know your whanau, the people who are here. Don't rush out. Get to know someone new. You never know what could be on the other side of a conversation. Slow down. Listen to what God is saying. Slow down and smell the flowers. Slow down and spend time with your family. You know, that's so important because it will just go so fast. And then we will regret that we didn't slow down and spend time with the ones we love. Slow down, spend time with your friends. Slow down, it will do you good. Let's be people, let's be a church that are fully present in all circumstances and be in the moment with God. Slow down. So in closing, if the keys could come up. Corey Ten Boom said this, and she was a Christian writer. And I'm going to leave this with you. You can take it away. But if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Mm. There's truth in that. Both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They They cut off your connection to God, to other people, and even to your own soul. So in closing, let's think about our current spiritual life and how it has been impacted by a hurried lifestyle. Now, I understand not everyone here lives a hurried lifestyle, but I would say a majority of us do. The practices of silence and solitude, the Sabbath, simplicity and slowing, it will not only help you rest and give you peace, but also will connect you intimately with Jesus. Imagine the people we may become more Christ-like. Don't we all want to become more Christ-like? Don't we all want to become like him, more like Jesus? We sing that song, more like Jesus. We may, you know, we may not be able to do it all. None of us are perfect. I'm definitely not, and I'm still a work in progress here. But why not start with one of these this week? Put Jesus first in your day, in your life and see what happens. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's all close our eyes and I'll pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you want us to rest in you, God. 
thank you for your love for us, Jesus. And Father, I pray that you will highlight to us, God, what is making us too busy in our lives. We'll all have different things highlighted, Jesus, but help us to become more focused on you, to find that silent and solitary place where we can come and seek you daily. Help us to work on a day that is a Sabbath for us. Help us to live a simple life, not full of just so much stuff in it. And God, help us to slow down. Help us to smell the flowers. Help us to be present with those around us. Help us, Jesus, to live a life intentionally for you, seeking you and hungry for you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And God, I pray for a blessing over each and every person under my voice here this morning, God. And I pray that you will bless each of them as they leave today, God. That you will watch over them, Jesus, of their comings and their goings. That you will bless each one. Pray healing in the name of Jesus over those that need healing. Pray peace over those that need peace in their mind. Pray, Jesus, for protection over all of us, physically, mentally, and spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stretch out your hands and I'll pronounce a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's give Jesus some praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Well, if you need prayer for anything, there is a prayer station over here uh, to my right. What a wonderful couple, Chris and Kay, will they will pray for you. Uh, don't forget Waikanae Pools after the service, 12 till 2. Love to see you all there um, and have a blessed week ahead. God bless you all. Enjoy some time of fellowship and don't rush out of here.